This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is Brody King and you're listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 116 on day 14 without a cigarette. I am Nick Howell. And hoping that Charlotte is forever banned from making jokes about kendo sticks, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, (laughs) and welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week. It is the go-home week for the Royal Rumble. We made it. It's here. It's finally time. We are on the road. Oh, the road. We survived. The WrestleMania. We survived, and uh, a lot went down this week. We had a lot of like uh, final preparations, getting our pieces, our chess peaches, pieces set up for the Royal Rumble itself. Chess peaches. Chess peaches chess sound good. Chess peaches. Yeah, you're closer to Georgia than I am the Georgia peaches. Oh, they're <laughs> delicious. Uh, I'm ready to eat, eat fervently of the, the platter that is the Royal Rumble, as though it were a delicious Georgia peach. Uh, the, although, I have to say, man, I'm... A, I'm it's it's one of the first rumbles in a while where I genuinely am not sure who's going to win, um, and and in the past, like the past couple years, when I'm like I don't know who's going to win, but I hope it's not Roman, or I hope that they have a good option because they've yeah. had so many bad options, so many bad rumbles. The rumble used to be one of my favorite pay per views to look forward to, and now oh, it's, I, it's, it's my favorite pay per view. It's I, but I look at it with a, a sense of trepidation. They haven't really had an exciting rumble except for last year when Shinsuke Nakamura won. And Oscar, and and Oscar, which both great. I mean, last last year was one of the best rumbles in my recent memory uh, since at least the early two thousand teens. Yeah, first and, women's rumble match as well. I mean, it was it yeah. was a big rumble last year, but like you said, it was very predictable. I'm going in it like if, I think I said it on the show a week or two ago. I had it all figured out until this whole new era thing and Vince showed back up and we <laughs> lost Braun and we lost uh, everything. Just started changing. I was like. I don't have any idea what's going to happen now, and I kind of like that, and I, it kind of sucks a little bit, but I don't know where I stand on it. Yeah, no, it's it'll be interesting to discuss it. We have our picks this week. We also have some listener questions deep in the show, uh, so thank you guys for submitting those. We're looking forward to talking about those. Just some, some good ones this week. We also got to talk about TakeOver Phoenix. NXT oh. has a, oh. a pay-per-view this weekend as well. New Japan is having its new new beginning shows here in the U.S. this weekend. We got to talk about that. There's lots oh. to talk about, Nick. <laughs> but before we get to that, we need to do some housekeeping, sir, if you wouldn't mind. Yes, as we always do, come over and join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. Send us a join request. We'll get you in for some weekly posts 
on across all of the WWE shows while they're going on. Also, this weekend, for only the, I think, the third time, uh, sec- Saturday night, we're going to have a live chat for TakeOver Phoenix, so be sure to tune in for that, as well as Sunday. We will be live in the Facebook discussion group in a group chat interacting with everybody uh, during the Royal Rumble starting at 5 p.m. Eastern. Oh, man. During a two-hour pre-show featuring JBL and Booker T. But we won't go there. Oh, uh, we'll save that. We'll save that for later. We'll we'll knock on that later. I might I oh, might be hey. a little late. I might be a little late to that uh, to that uh, live discussion thread. I'm 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 sad to say, but uh, oh, I will well. be there. I will be there. You can also find us over on Twitter at BWO Podcast, YouTube at YouTube.com/slash/c/slash/busted-wide-open. And if you love this show and what we do, want to support us, head over to Patreon.com slash Busted. Oh, nope. It's BWO. Patreon.com slash BWO. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar for us, or you can even sign up for one of our awesome rewards tiers to get access to some exclusives like being able to send us questions every week for a mere $5 a month that we'll answer right here on the show. Bonus episodes at the $10 tier and much, much more. Be sure to check that out at patreon.com slash B-W-O-N. I am ramped up and ready to go and talk about the Rumble. It's here. We've been anticipating it since the beginning of December when TLC was coming. But before we do all that, we've got to talk about the big news. So this just came out today, reported by the Wrestling Observer. Uncle Dave himself told us that according to his sources, Ronda, Ronda Rousey, the biggest woman's draw, the, the highest paid woman in WWE, the champ of Monday Night Raw, is out after WrestleMania, that her, her tenure is up. She's yeah. going to go have a family. That's a year. She yeah. was, literally have been in wrestling for a year. And she's out. Now, we originally understood she had signed a multi-year contract, like a two- or three-year contract. We I understood it as a one-year. It I mean, was a one-year with like an option. Shows. It was a million and a half dollars for a year with an option. And I think, I don't wow. know. It's, I, listen, we got three months to go. I don't, I don't think the decision has officially been made yet. Uncle Meltzer might have heard something through the grapevine that we all don't know about. But, I mean, who knows what will happen at Mania? We all thought Brock was going to drop the belt, and it just look what happened over the course of 2018. <laughs> ah, ah. So I'm not ruling anything out at this point. Do I think she's going anywhere? Pfft, no. no. No? She's a million and a half dollars a year to show up and talk on the mic and maybe wrestle every sometime? I mean, I thought we'd get at least two or three years out of her before she went off and had a family, which we know is a priority of hers. That's something that she's been very open and clear about. But I thought we'd at least get a couple of years out of her. I, I frankly think that if she's in the company for exactly one year and then vanishes to have a family and then maybe comes back in a few years when the kids are of an age where she can do this kind of thing again, I think she'll be looked at as much less favorably when she comes back. She'll be looked at as a special attraction or a part-timer, which as Notoriety. you know, which as you know, among the more hardcore wrestling fans is really not looked kindly on so I already view her that way to be honest I, with you but she's also really good i i frankly would like to think here's the thing i think she would do herself a lot more favors in the long term if she stuck around for another year or two and gave it at least two or three years to establish herself and then i mean obviously she'll do what she wants it's her life 
I'm just saying from like from where I sit, I think the stronger business decision would be to stick around a little bit longer, establish herself as being an actual player in WWE, show that she's not just taking the paycheck and running, uh, which was something she, a hurdle she had to jump over in the first place, and she did a good job of overcoming it by just being really good. Uh, but if she takes off after a year, it's going to really damage her credibility when she comes back. And people will still be excited about it, but I think the hardcore fans will have a harder time buying into her again. Uh, how do I say this nicely? Um, <laughs> it's never stopped you before. I'm not going to mind if it was a one year and done kind of thing. I'm not going to mind if she came to get a paycheck because she make that money, girl. Mm. Make it rain. Um, I'm, I view her as a novelty, as a special attraction. The fact that they put the championship on her still blows my mind so soon. And I, I think I even... I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to our Rumble show from a year ago when she came out at the end of the Rumble. I want to go back and listen to our recap show from Rumble last year because I think I said some similar stuff and I still kind of feel the same way. You you said you think she's really good, and I'm sitting here going against Nia, Nia Jax. Against everybody. No, she. You would. You eh. agreed. She's good. She's good on any she metric. She got better. She's gotten go very, very like, good. Oh my god, she's the best thing in women's wrestling ever. I didn't say that. <laughs> I just anyway. said she's very good. She's a prodigy. She's a prodigy for where she's at in the wrestling business and how long she's been there. Look at the talent bubbling up in the women's division in the last oh, sure. six months. Oh, it sure. Do I wish that there was more women that were getting bigger chances? Absolutely. Well, I'm just looking at her as, from a business standpoint, she is a big moneymaker for WWE, inarguably. Uh, well, we could talk about ratings, but I think we're going to do that later. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. <laughs> but as far as, as exposure, mainstream exposure, she's sure. one of the best things they have. Sure. Because as far as press they're getting because of her, she's absolutely driving press. Uh, but this is the thing is that if she goes away pre prematurely and comes back, it's going to damage her viability when she comes back. And, and that's WWE to an extent. Absolutely. absolutely. They couldn't but, keep Ronda Rousey around. I'll do air quotes. You know, good that's point. the headlines. Absolutely. Good point. Controversial again, bloggers, you know. Yeah. And again, this is all speculation right now. Uh, as you said, hey, hey, man, it's a wild west. We have no idea what's going to happen. What's actually going to happen. She may stick around for five years. We have no idea. It's not likely. She might. But it has been put out there that uh, reports are that she is thinking about leaving after WrestleMania. So we will have to see if that is the case, though. It's likely she will put over either Becky or Charlotte or you know however they decide to let those chips fall. And can you imagine? Can you imagine what a star that would make Becky Lynch if Ronda Rousey put her over at WrestleMania? So we'll leave it at that. Uh, but, but big big things to think about. But of course, there's lots of other big things to think about. But in order to talk about that, we got to go listen to us speak. I'm getting there eventually. We got to talk about Monday Night Raw. Well, I got to say, a part of me loved the opening of Raw this week. The the weavings that it did and the inter, you know, the way that the interactions and everything. Vince comes back out again this week, uh, gets in the in the ring, interrupts Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. We open the show, Brock Lesnar coming out. Holy smokes. Okay. He's wearing, wearing, a, wearing a shirt uh, with the town's name on the front. And on the back, he says, I was there. <laughs> 
<laughs> was it he actually, in the, he like, actually, the bathroom stall? I-W-U-Z was here. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's more like I actually showed up to this date. Yeah. You know, it's an event. I, it should have said hashtag I'm actually here. Yeah, I showed up. But yeah, uh, it, yeah, Braun comes out to interrupt because they start talking about the rumble and he's like, I want my chance. Get these hands. Rubble, rubble. And out comes Finn Balor to say, I'm the only guy that's been the champion. And everyone else, of course, is saying, yeah, yeah, Finn's a joke. Like every, every, up until this point, Paul was like, yeah, Finn's great, but Brock's going to beat him. Yeah. Braun's like, I don't, I don't even care about Finn. Vince comes out and essentially says, yeah, Finn's not going to win because, you know, Goliath beat David. It's, which, it's David and Goliath. I, I don't know if Vince is high or if he's just getting old, but his promos, I thought, I frankly, like, I thought he ruined this opening bit. I, I thought that he killed the drama of every possible sequence in this opening bit, everything that he was trying to set up, the excitement, the timing was off. Any drama build in this opening segment that Paul Heyman tried to establish or that they tried to establish by having confrontations was completely skewered by Vince McMahon and his bad timing. And this is not the last time that I'll say it this week that Vince putting himself on TV in order to pop ratings uh, may be working in the short term, but the long time, long term, it's absolutely destroying his product. Yeah, he is, he is not ready for prime time anymore. He's not bringing anything to this product that is worthwhile. I don't think right now. And this is so. one of the beneficial things during the authority era, authority era was having Triple H and Stephanie be involved because they could still do things to an extent, temper yourselves. But it's having them involved as the dirty authority angle worked because it was controversy. It was drama, it, 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 and their their timing was great. They promoted great, all of that stuff. They promoted forever, but yes, it was great. It was, sure. yeah, well, was well spoken. Because uh, he would uh, nah, come on, man, like this. No. Uh, I had to no, live we gotta through go. it. We gotta, we gotta I had to sure. live through it. Don't not a half an hour <laughs> Triple H speech. Come on, how I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend a half hour saying the next ten word uh, sentence, right? Uh, um. Vince, here's what it is. For me, it is like nostalgia giddiness because I hearken back to the times of uh, Stone Cold coming out and stunning Vince in the middle of a segment in 1999. I, you, but when he's in there with Shane and the ro- uh, corporate rock and doing all, ah, uh, I just that's what I think of. I don't care how old he is. I don't care what he's actually saying. I think I actually go tunnel vision for a second because oh, Vince, kind of love blind, and I, I think. A lot of us might feel that way, but the new people, I say new people, air quotes, the folks that haven't been watching since the 90s and didn't live through that might not understand the nostalgia for that. And yeah, it's probably pretty boring. And obviously, his timing is way off. He's missing cues or something. Is dementia yeah. setting in? We don't know. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> it, it is, it, it's more his timing than anything else. And then the, the verbiage that he comes up with to express things, it's not helping the drama of these storylines, especially right. in this one where I, I thought it was a home run. Like it's, it's, it's something that you should be able to knock out of the park. No one believes in Finn Balor except for Finn Balor and the fans. It's a David and Goliath story. It's Finn. And then these two monsters who these two monsters want to kill each other. And Finn just kind of got inserted into it. Uh, and he's just trying to fight for recognition. This should be just, you know, easy peasy one, two, three. But for some reason they seem to have trouble actually getting this off the ground and building any drama for this this week. Uh, although we did end up in a match with Finn Balor versus Braun Strowman, which was fine. I don't think Finn's ever even Finn's had a bunch of like, you know, hearty attempts at Braun Strowman over the last few months. He's never beaten him and he didn't beat him here. He looked like he was about to, 
Uh, there's a bunch of interference. Braun, uh, Brock was ringside. Wasn't it at one, side, one point where Brock starts walking up the ramp and Vince says, you know, don't go anywhere. Brock doesn't stop. Uh, this is before this match. And Vince says, you know, Brock, why don't you come? We're going to have a match between Finn Balor and Braun Strowman. Why don't you come down here and sit at the commentary desk? Come back from commercial and Brock Lesnar standing ringside where the commentary desk is if it were SmackDown, but not on Raw. Because on Raw, the commentary desk at the top of the ramp. Apparently, Mr. McMahon forgot about that. It was a little awkward. Oops. But uh, yeah, bottom bottom line, there was a bunch of like kind of Vince muffs like that during this. But we ended up, as I said, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor. Finn looks like he's going to pick up the win. Brock jumps in uh, after interfering a few times in the match and uh, gives an F5 to Finn. And Brock stands tall, walks away. But, can we talk about how botchy Brock was during this whole bit? You like thought he, he was. He, I thought he, he messed was up a catch. Rage. He almost suplexed Finn onto his head. Uh, I, I actually, I thought he I had thought to it was, run off screen to be in position so that Finn could missile drop kick him into the barricade. I and the camera caught it. There was just a, a three or four things during that sequence outside the ring that I caught that were just. Like, what is Brock doing? He knows this shit. Well, that, but I actually thought some of his selling was fantastic in this. And I think that's kind of the, one of the reasons he wanted to face Finn is because he can sell some of Finn's offense, but then look like a monster against him. It's going to make them both look good, uh, which is why I think he, he wanted this anyway. But at the same time, I agree. I think this whole sequence from the beginning of the show until you know half an hour, 40 minutes in after this match was just a little bit sloppy. It was a little messy. And it's it's funny because... This was the highest rated part of the show. And this is something we're going to come back to as we go through Raw. This was the highest part of the show. It was the first hour. It was the most precipitous drop off from the first hour to the final hour of a Raw ever. It's never lost more ratings from the first hour to the final hour. Absolutely insane. And it was, it was against a Golden State Warriors game. Not against Monday Night Football. Yeah, there was no football on this. No playoffs. Uh, it was just... It was... It just died. So we'll get to into, we'll get into why we think that was uh, right now. Because the final hour was uh, Ronda Rousey. And uh, Ronda Rousey teamed up with Natalia against Sasha Banks, her opponent on Sunday, and Bailey. And this all started with Ronda in the back giving a, uh, what would you call it, Nick? A fiery promo? TED Talk? A TED. <laughs> it was a something. It was it a was, very bad promo. Uh, here's the funny thing. It was not a... She did not deliver her lines well. She was a little all over the map. Definitely uh, seemed like she was talking faster than her brain could keep up. But I, you know what I did like about it? Was the intensity and where it went. Where it felt... She started talking about this, this, this promo she gave backstage. I want to stop and talk about it for a second. Cause it was, it's kind of interesting to me. She started talking about in this promo as though she was trying to figure out why Sasha Banks was being a dick to her. And she was trying to figure out and trying to figure out. And as she was going through it, she couldn't figure it out. And it was making her more and more mad. And she kept getting fired up. And then she couldn't figure out what words she wanted to say. And she kept stumbling and bumbling and just made her more mad. So by the time the whole speech was done, she was just so mad. She just wanted to hit something and beat somebody up. And I'm just going to beat up Sasha Banks and run. She runs out into the ring through the curtain. I kind of dug it. It felt a little bit real in, in her passion. Like her passion was in absolutely the right place. And it, what it did is if I didn't specifically listen to her words and the fact that she was kind of bungling them up a little bit it made it feel like Sasha had gotten under her skin and made her go a little nuts. 
Yeah. And it was exactly what I think was supposed to be delivered. So it was weird. It was like she landed the plane by accident. Yeah, it was awkward. I mean, strong finish, you know, a little bumpy getting there. Yeah. But the, I loved the, I got to go. Just, I, yeah. Bam, out, through, rah, rah, rah. out the curtain. I mean, you know? And she was just pissed. And she was got to get, you know, not the smiley Ronda Rousey. She got in the ring the whole way down. She just looks like she's angry, Ronda. And Natalia had to get in and calm her down a little bit. And be like, dude, all right, it's it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. Sasha just being a little bit uppity on you. It's all right. It happens. Uh, and then Sasha got in the ring and gave a pretty nice, pretty nice promo for Sasha as well. Basically saying, you don't owe me anything. I take everything I want and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So nice little back and forth. Built a little tension. Uh, and then, you know, decent match between the two teams. So, uh, and it ends up, of course, with Sasha Banks tapping out Natalia. You know, that's what we knew that that's what Bailey and Natalia were there for. One of them's eating the pin here. Yeah. And since I don't think anyone thinks Sasha's winning on Sunday, it makes sense for her to stand tall here. Uh, get one over on Ronda, who was pretty pissed after this. But, and then it ends up with them jawing each other face to face. It was great. I, I thought all of this was good stuff. Yeah. But... No one seemed to care. Why do you think that is? No, everyone turned this off. Oh, man. Speculation central. Here you um, go, buddy. Wow. Pitch, pitch over so, the plate. So this is this is hard to talk about without coming off as a complete chauvinist dickbag. And it's I, I want to <laughs> say the easy answer is, is that nobody's interested in women's wrestling. And I know that's not true. Nope. I, we know, I know we, that's we, not true. It's been proved. If it's been proven over the last year, that's not true. Yeah, I 100% agree. And and I I'm a firm believer and fan in the women's division on both rosters. There's a hell of talent on both rosters, and they've proven it. I think what has happened, if if I'm if I'm judging here, I think it's more less to do with Ronda, more to do with Sasha and Bailey. They've proven in segments over the last six to twelve months various feuds, various things that they just they aren't invested in those two. It's interesting to see her getting a match for the championship virtually out of nowhere. But I think the combination of the opening with that was kind of a debacle with Vince and a little all over the place, even though I, I somewhat enjoyed it, more for nostalgia than anything, but I like when there's big confrontations and you never know where this is going to go. It's going to lead to something. What's Vince going to do now? I like that element of it. Yeah, but Vin, uh, just but a quick, from, quick. To go, I can see people tuning out that didn't like that after that and going, Ugh, I'll yeah. go play video games or something. This is stupid. Well, and I'm just going to jump in real quick about that because yeah. it's interesting that you know Vince is still driving some numbers, but the problem is, the problem I have with Vince is the same problem I have with Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and Kane, a lot of those other guys who've been around forever who are nostalgia acts at this point is that the more you see them the more they're overexposed the more you realize man it just ain't what it used to be and all the guys that we still think of really fondly aren't out there showing how much they're not what they once were yep and i think that that's going to fade vince's uh appeal the more he comes out and bungles things like this or like the aj stuff of the last couple of weeks and we'll get to what he did on smackdown like it's it's going to pay less and less dividends as the weeks go on because it's just going to become more and more awkward. I can't wait to talk about what happened on SmackDown because I'm more upset about that than I was about this one. But from a justification standpoint, we started with the Vince, Braun, Finn, Brock, Paul opening. We ended with the tag match. It was it was the main event of Raw this right. week. Yeah. And that's what we went. We rolled, we went, rolled the trademark with. 
And I got to say, there wasn't a lot going on in the middle either to keep people around. So I'm not going to put this at the feet of the women or the fact that the women's match main evented Raw because I would say a vast majority of the people, if, if not half of them, left either immediately after this segment or within the first hour. And I remember looking at the numbers, and it dropped from like 2.8 down to 2.4, ultimately down to 2.1. Oof. So the big drop was after this shit at the beginning, not the women's match. Sure. But by the time we got to the women's match, I mean, they couldn't keep us around to watch it, essentially, is what I'm saying. And right. I, 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 to, to speak to your point that you brought up, which is that they've devalued, essentially, Sasha over the last eight months to a year. And Bailey, obviously, they they murdered her character, you know, all the way back at Bailey. This is your life, and and before, um, so no one's given a crap about Bailey for a long time. Um, so she would be a longer shot to be able to be hot shotted up to a title picture. This is kind of what we're talking about when we talk about people like Samoa Joe or people who are kind of in the or Finn Balor, people who are in the orbit of the main event picture or have one once been in the main event picture and then they're put down into mid card status kind of in a holding pattern until they're needed to be in the main event. The problem is once you've defined somebody as being a mid carter, it's hard to suddenly get the audience fired up for them as a main eventer, right? It didn't work yep. with it. I mean, on an extreme case, it didn't work with gender and it's not just because of his questionable skills. Uh, it's, it's because we didn't believe he was a guy who deserved to be in the main event because you had told us that this company, the company had told us that, so it's hard when you've got someone like Sasha Banks who once was an important deal, but for the last nine months we've been told, eh, she's only good on the undercard in tag matches against the Riot Squad. And then now you're suddenly saying, no, 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 she's main event caliber. It's, people are like, eh, but we really don't care anymore. You've defined her down. And we don't believe that this little whatever is going to take that title off of your prize pony. Yeah, and not everyone can be like Asuka and suddenly get the title and feel legit immediately. And no one, exactly, no one believes Sasha is taking this title. So why should people care about this at this point? Yeah. So in, uh, in other why should we care about this news, Bobby Lashley is Intercontinental Champion. And he came out this week and had a pose-off against Apollo, who came out to try and uh, shut down Leo Rush and uh, the almighty one, Bobby Lashley. So we had a little pose-off which Apollo apparently, I guess, won or something. And then we ended up in a match, uh, which was kind of a, you know, it was what you expected. It was back and forth. Apollo had his, uh, his nice little face moments, and then Lashley ended up winning with some interference from Leo Rush and, and retained. Here's the thing. Was this pose-off that started this whole thing, that's something that on paper I would just cringe at. <laughs> yeah. Right, like <laughs> right. There's a there's a pose. We're gonna have an impromptu pose off between Apollo Cruz and Bobby Lashley. If you just told me that last week, I'd be like, oh God, no. Had they advertised that as with some sort of uh, pop up on the screen or something? Next week on Raw, a pose off between Bobby Lashley and Apollo Cruz. I would have harkened back to what a, how I originally thought before I heard it about the rap battle between yeah. the New Day and the Usos because I remember going. Oh, God, this is going to suck. <laughs> so, wait, wait. What did you think of the pose-off? I have mixed feelings about it. All right. Uh, I want to say the good. Start with the good. Management 101. You start with the good. I thought Apollo Crews looked really good here. Arguably the best I've ever seen him on the main roster. 
I liked his dynamic. I liked his rebuttals and his snarky kind of comebacks. I liked the way that he was jokingly making light of this whole pose-off thing and making fun indirectly of of Bobby Lashley and his whole posing gimmick that's going on right now. And arguably, he looked better than Lashley, you know? So there's <laughs> that whole thing. You're out of your mind. Lashley looked like a freak. He looked like a, a action figure come to life. Apollo, so, Apollo's no joke, but I know what you're saying. So other than that, the Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley thing is really starting to grate on me in the in the X Pac kind of way. Not really. In the, it's oh. just it's like boo. Oh God, he's mean and bad. Boo. It's more of like oh God. Uh, okay. I'm I'm still how liking bad it. is this gonna suck? I'm still liking. It. I thought Leo had had a good promo this week. I, I it still works for me. I'll just to throw okay. my two cents in there, but. But but okay, I'll I'll take over here real quick. The pose Go. off to me. You mentioned how you thought it made look Apollo look good, dude. This is the most charisma Apollo has been allowed to show since he came to the main roster. In fact, he showed more charisma in this bit than he had in his entire main roster career so far. Combined, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This this was a fantastic way to get him out there and let him get loose and let him just kind of be fun and feel like a guy you want to root for. Yeah, after this bit, you wanted to root for him. I and did. It was a it was a dumb bit that, frankly, Apollo completely knocked out of the park, and I and, and I was really happy with it. The match was nothing really to write home about. I think this and a lot of other things we're about to talk about on Raw were mostly setups for little like subplots in the Rumble match itself. I think there'll be some physicality between Lashley and Apollo there. We'll head off and do a, a feud maybe afterwards, but um, but you so the match was kind of meaningless. I think. Uh, other than that, but this pose off, I think, was one of the best things that's happened to Apollo since he came on the main roster. So Agreed. from from that standpoint, it was a it was a great piece of TV. Uh, I was mentioning about how there's going to be some plot at Royal Rumble uh, that we we were going over on this Monday Night Raw. Well, another one of those, Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. Seth came out and, by the way, gave a fire babyface promo. Absolutely fantastic babyface promo uh talking about how you know this I think wrestling the kids was would hard. say it was lit yeah it uh, i i guess that's the word they're using now it was lit he was he was setting it on fire and burning it down get off my lawn um so he's basically he's saying he wants to get back on track he's lost everything in the in the last little bit but he's gonna get it back by going to the royal rumble and facing either Brock Lesnar or Finn Balor at, at WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar. And this, so this was honestly the most fired up I've been about Seth Rollins since summer when he was really on fire. Uh, he got me way worked up for him. And then Drew McIntyre came out and also killed the mic and gave a great promo back, basically like saying, Seth, your head's not in the right place. You're, you're lying to yourself and all these people. I'm the dude who's going to make the big comeback here, win the rumble and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, the two of them in this in this segment just talking, great, fantastic, fantastic, and and, a, and then a great match too, then a great back and forth match that uh, Seth got a surprise roll up on Drew with, and uh, really popped the crowd with it. By the way, it's not often that those surprise roll ups really get the crowd hyped. This one really worked. Yep. So no, this was this was all great for me. I have zero negative things to say about these two guys right now. Uh, the the performance they gave on Monday night was fantastic. Yeah, I just. Yep. Nothing bad to say. Give me more. Yep. Feed I, me more. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stop it, Ryback. No. 
No Ryback references on this show, sir. Uh, we do we do have more to talk about with this, but we're going to save it for our pickums. Oh yes, because, I have because, a lot more to say because yeah, a lot's changed for me. I was because in the notes right here, I say who do we give more of a chance on Sunday, and it's uh, we're just going to wait on that one. We'll come back to that. Let's get over and talk about the tag team division on Raw. The Revival got another tag match, uh, t- tag title match against Bobby, uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. They begged and pleaded Vince McMahon, and Vince said, "Well, if you can find a uh, a referee that you guys approve, you can do it." Uh, how about how about uh, Kurt Hawkins? This guy right here, Kurt Hawkins. You're here. You you know a lot about taking threes. Uh, why don't you referee this match? <laughs> and so Kurt Hawkins. Well, goes I have out heard there. a lot of three counts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thought oh, that was clever. Good stuff. Oh, he's back on TV. It's a new era. Kurt Hawkins is back on TV. <laughs> uh, so he goes out. He calls that match right down the middle. Keeps catching the revival cheating until finally they lose again. Interesting. And then uh, they start beating down on poor Kurt Hawkins. And who should come out to save him but his tag team partner from like 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Zack Ryder also shows up on Monday Night Raw to make the save for Kurt Hawkins and chases off the revival. What is what? What? What is happening? What is going on? I literally can't even about this. (laughs) I, I just... I, I'm sitting over here. I'm doing the John Travolta looking around going, I'm, I'm sticking with it. Uh, I, based on what we talked about last week, I still expect to see the revival either w- with the tag team championships by the time we leave WrestleMania. So okay, let's talk about what we were talking about last week. We were okay. saying that apparently, according to reports, the revival after their match last week against Lucia House Party went to management and asked for their release and were told, give us three months We'll make it right. We'll 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 we will somehow make you guys happy. Um. So and the first but first thing you got to lose some more. But first you got to <laughs> lose some more, and you know get into a scuffle with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Right. So either we're getting worked with this backstage rumor, uh, or there's some plan here that I don't see, and I don't know if you see, with the revival. If there's like a long-term plan here, what the plan is. I haven't is. figured out what's going on in the Raw tag division for at least a year now. Like there, there's been no, I mean, WrestleMania last year was Braun Strowman and a 12-year-old. And it ever, it's been the same dog Which, shit ever since, except to for the be B-team clear, because they're amazing. To, oh my God. To be clear, you were excited about Braun and the kid, as I recall. I thought it was cute. You know, uh, it was fun. And that, you know what? That is the seed that plants the evil that grows into the giant weed of destruction. Oh, you know be funny? Have him beat him by himself, but bring a 12-year-old out. Oh. Anyway, I don't, I don't disregard the fact that there is some greater, grander plan here with the revival because you, and I can't imagine what the hell those guys would have done to have to lose as much as they have. I kind of dig the angle where they're constantly getting cheated on and nobody's calling it and they have a gripe about it. I, I kind of dig that to an extent. I just want it to deliver. I want well, something to manifest out of it. Yeah, and it's, that's not an angle that's never been used before and it, it, sure. tends to, it tends to become grating very quickly and they tend to become come off as whiny quickly when you do that. So I am curious. They're gonna We're have there, to start, basically. They're going to have to start pulling the trigger on what they're doing with this tag division pretty quickly. Uh, you know, They also had a tag team match. Heavy Machinery had their first match against the Ascension, who they beat handily uh, with a trash compactor. Uh, nice. not, not literally, but the, the move. 
Uh, although, had they beaten the Ascension with an actual trash compactor, I might have been more excited. That being said, it does look like with this match that Heavy Machinery is going to Raw, which, poor bastards. Poor, poor bastards. I don't know. I'm okay with it. Well, we'll see. We'll we see. need a rebirth. We need some legit teams, not singles players being paired up with each other. What they need to do I, is write them better, not have more teams. You know, the B, the B team that you love so much could have been such a better concept if they hadn't burned it out and blown it up within three months. Yep. Frankly. Well, uh, let's just say their competition was Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Fair? Uh, yeah, and that's part of that's the writing. Why yeah. were Matt Hardy and Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt such a terrible tag team that didn't go anywhere? The writing. They had all kinds of possibilities they could have done with that, and they didn't. Moving on, a couple more random things on Monday Night Raw. Lucha House Party had a match against the Singh Brothers. Why? The Singh Brothers actually had a match. They were in wrestling gear. Wow. Uh, uh, did, they, did they actually call Lucha House Party up from 205 Live to have matches with the Singh Brothers? We had nothing else for any of these guys to do, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to, t- to think about this. Uh, we've, we've, we've defined all these guys down so much now that it's hard to find a reason why we should care about this match. Uh, speaking of being defined down, Dean Ambrose had another backstage promo. Honestly, I thought it was his best one since turning heel because it was just direct to the point, clear, concise, no frilly crap around the edges. It was just Dean being mean and saying he was going to win the rumble. That was it. I don't know. Did you, did you like his, his promo was another one that was, you thought was crap too. Who? Oh, I've I've checked out on Dean already. Sorry, I, I've I've moved on. I like Seth and and Drew. That's that's fun. Uh, EC three was, it was fine, again. but I just yeah. what's the point right now? You don't yeah. even have the title. Seth has moved on from you. There, I just this makes no effing sense whatsoever. Yeah. You're not winning the Rumble, so no. Okay. Uh, so EC three was shown again backstage. We still haven't cool. heard a word from him. We, he still has just been there. He hasn't said anything, which I think He's is too interesting. Busy primping and looking at himself in the mirror. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an Elias thing where they're just showing off this aspect of his character, and eventually, once he starts talking, it'll it'll help because his mic skills are frankly his best thing. Uh, Corbin and Elias had a match. Whoop de doo. Elias sung about Corbin. Corbin beat Elias. This is just going to be another subplot at the Rumble. We said that was going to be a recurring theme, and finally, yeah. I hate that we have to talk about this because it was my least favorite segment of Monday Night Raw. But a moment of bliss happened again. again. And uh, as Alexa Bliss said during this moment of bliss, there's another moment of bliss that you will never forget. Too late. Too late. Forgot it. Don't care. It was honestly like the moment of bliss has become a, a, a buzzword for me for cringy, cringy, cringy TV. And she supposedly was going to ha- interview Nia Jax on this segment. Nia comes out. Doesn't even get a word in when Ember Moon comes out and says, I'm winning the Rumble. All the other women in the division come out and say, I'm winning the Rumble. I'm winning. No, I'm winning the Rumble. They all get into a big scuffle. Alexa yells at them. They scuffle backstage. And then Alexa essentially announces that she will be in the Royal Rumble match. She's making her in-ring return. Uh, what did you, did you take away anything from this other than it was essentially a glorified way of saying, look, all these women in the Royal Rumble. Oh, and also Alexa Bliss. Oh, and also after that, the thing I took away from it was Lacey Evans came out. We've been waiting for that. We've been looking forward to that. Last week, we got a little teaser. It's one that I've been calling for months and months and months. It's as soon as Vince sees her, she's coming Dude. up. And, and here she is on Raw, opposite of Charlotte. Yep, perfect. 
uh, integrating with Alexa Bliss, who's kind of taking a little bit of a face turn, if I'm being honest. It felt a little bit like that that, that kind of dynamic, yeah. And I, and, I, and I see a feud coming between the two of them, possibly something for Mania pre-show, maybe. Who knows? Who knows where this is going to go? Alexa, Alexa getting back in the ring was a surprise for me. I had not heard anything. I was, I was not up on that. I, frankly, I didn't expect it. I had counted her out, if I'm being completely honest, uh, because of the nature of the injury that she had. Tingling in your fingertips is not good uh, as, a, as a wrestler. So I, that was the biggest shock. Oh, oh wow. Nia Jax, I just hit mute. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, she didn't say anything pretty much, so you're, you're good. Right. I think she said like one. A, she had one once sentence. it turned into, no, I'm going to win the Rumble. No, I'm going to win the Rumble. Yeah. No, me. I am. No, me. So here's the question. Obviously, I think Lex is coming back at the Rumble because it will. she won't have to do a lot. She'll probably be able to be protected a lot in that match and not have to do a whole lot of business. Um, do you think Lacey Evans would be a good feud for her? And Because and, you know, at least them standing together was certainly very intriguing to see. The way that they are, they juxtapose to each other as their presentation. It's better than Nia Jax again. Uh, <laughs> that's a no. I think bringing that's like Lacey saying in, that I'm taller than Danny DeVito. It's an easy right. metric. I think bringing her in and giving her kind of a signature feud against someone as as stout as Alexa Bliss is not in form, but I mean as, as in figure, we know in personality um, is is a is is a great way to bring her on. I think yeah. they should all superstars should have that kind of. Oh my God! Here they are, and even better, have have her in a match over the next few weeks, maybe post Rumble. They get into it in the middle of the Rumble, like you said. It's it's going to breed some some feuds out of the back of the Royal. Always does Royal Rumble is great for that. I can totally see one with these two. I think it would be fine. I'm not going to like. It's like nothing to dial right home about. Like, oh my God, did you see that match? It's going to be fine, and I think it's going to be a great introduction to Lacey. The, the classy Southern Belle lady that we haven't had in WWE for as long as I can remember. Was was she taking notes from Triple H's speeches because she slowed way down here? Um, Lacey Evans. No, that's just the way you accent your words in the South. <laughs> well, either way, I think it'd be a good feud for Alexa Bliss, especially if we get a little bit of a, a long-term face turn out of her against someone who's very much a heel like Lacey Evans. Um, get her beat down for a while, make Lacey look really good. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what they're doing with Lacey Evans. Obviously, as you said, right up Vince's alley. <laughs> so we might be seeing a big push for Lacey in the near future. Absolutely. And that, that will do it for Monday Night Raw. Uh, I have to say it was a, um, an interesting Raw because we, in, in a stunning juxtaposition, it opened this, this week's Raw, opened with a, with, a, with a stirring speech from Martin Luther King as it was Martin Luther King Day. Uh, which I thought was a nice. It was it was in opposition to last week where we had a speech from Hulk Hogan. So I thought it was a a nice way to start Raw this week. I'm I'm not saying anything. But uh, that being said, some hits and misses this week on Raw. We had our ups, we had our downs, but we had a lot more of them over on SmackDown Live. Well, we opened SmackDown Live with the man Becky Lynch coming out. And getting in the ring to do a promo, yada, 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 Asuka this, yada, 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 Charlotte that. Asuka comes out, interrupts her in the middle of her promo, dancing in her empress gown, doing her thing. And then Charlotte comes out. And in the middle of Charlotte coming out, you can see that it is breaking down between Becky and Asuka in the ring. Asuka is holding her title up and yelling at her in Japanese off the mic. And I'm just... 
this is fantastic. This yep. is exactly what I want. This, this is all this needs. Just, yeah, Becky I don't even com- need the microphone. Just Becky have Oscar yelling at her. Becky comes out, talks like a badass. Oscar comes out, yells her in Japanese. Nick's happy. I'm done. Yep. Let's go to fight. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, no, we got interrupted by Charlotte, who came out, and uh, apparently still they want to have her involved in this somehow. Uh and she said, that's great. You guys can have your match, but I'm going to win the Rumble on Sunday, and that will give me a shot at either one of you or whoever wins, Sasha or Ronda, on Monday. So I'm the real winner here. Woo. By the way, I love my buddy Ken. You know, Ken Doe's stick. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so, so Brian, yeah. So Brian Alvarez over on uh, uh, Wrestling Observer thought that it was a botch, that she had actually meant to say kendo stick and that she caught herself and tried to make something of it and it was just awful. I th- If I, I went back and looked at her eyes, she meant to say that. That was a line that somebody wrote and they thought, this will be a good line. Let's throw this out there. Fire that person. Don't ever let them write again. What the hell? I just I, want to fire her stylist so and whoever's painting makeup bad. on her. Well, that's all the women. <laughs> well, they've got, they've got like those giant rollers you use for the outside of the houses for these poor ladies. But, uh, but no, so this is the thing. I aside from that one awful line, uh, I did like Charlotte's presentation here overall. I liked Becky's presentation. I liked Oscar's presentation, especially because Oscar jumped Becky after Charlotte was jawing jumped her from behind and the two of them beat the crap out of each other and didn't stop. They were still beating each other up in the backstage after the commercial break. Fantastic. Less talking, more two people who want to beat the crap out of each other. And like they were, I said, let's fight. Let's, let's just get, get to Sunday already. Let's go. <laughs> and they did. I mean, like they, they have every possibility of stealing the entire show on Sunday and that's against a pretty stacked card. It's like they've done, you know, as much as we're kind of complaining about a certain aspects of the shows this, this week, they have built a really strong Royal rumble card across the board. So, and this is one of the stronger matches is Becky Oscar. And frankly, I thought that the, the Becky's speech and then the Charlotte's interjection were fairly meaningless compared to the physicality that we got between Becky and Asuka afterwards because that spoke volumes more than everything that came before it. It was Becky, who's now you know a certified badass, and Asuka, who's a dyed-in-the-wool ass-kicker from day one, and the two of them are going at it. Sold. I want this I'm match in. now. Let's That's, go. Yes. You, you want, the whole purpose is to sell a I match. I want it now, Daddy. You, you want to sell a match? You sold me on the match done and i think they've the reason i think charlotte got the like these two could have been fine on their own charlotte did come out interject almost meaninglessly like you said but i think there's an element of they have to keep her orbiting around it and i'm going to save the rest of what i want to say about that till we get to our pickums all right but well then let's we'll say <laughs> we'll save that and talk about the other like the biggest thing that happened on smackdown this week and that was part two Rey Mysterio versus Andrade Cien Almas. I'm sorry, oh. Andrade. Oh. Two out of three falls. Oh. Uh. Oh. Thank you. Oh. I'm glad that someone in the back realizes that the magic that these guys are putting on right now should be highlighted and given the main event slot, or at least something close to the main event slot. They, they, they really prepped it up, propped it up, and they talked it big. Uh, I, I can't even talk about it. I just loved it so much. <laughs> 
I'm losing all of my vocabulary. 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 Uh, so this was interesting because it was two out of three falls. Andrade got the first one. Ray got the second one. But before we get the third, not only do we have a botched crucifix, crucifix bomb, which was too bad. It was really disappointing. It was a, a flawless match until then. And even with that, like that's a blip compared to some of the stuff they were pulling off, which some of the stuff was insane. Like just beautiful the way these guys work together. But then at the end of the match, Samoa Joe comes in. And we'll talk about his match with Mustafa Ali later in the show. But basically, he's been on a war path the last couple of weeks. And he decided to take it out on both Andrade and Ray, saying that this is a warning to everybody. I'm going to kick everyone's ass in the Royal Rumble. And he's in the middle of that speech in the ring when all of a sudden he gets an RKO out of nowhere. And Randy Orton standing there and closes the show standing tall, uh, saying he's going to go for his third Royal Rumble win. Did you do you think they should have had the Andrade Ray match end in a muff finish like this? Uh, no, okay. uh, they could have easily done this to any other match, uh, or any other speech, or whatever. It just—I don't know. I, I was so invested in that two out of three falls match, and I just went, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, that was my reaction. So here's the thing: yes. Uh, from from where I'm sitting, yes, I had the same thing. Where I was like, "Oh, Joe, come on, no, why would you interrupt that?" But then I also thought, no, because now this sets us up for. I, I would say the rubber match, but it's probably going to be kind of like a rubber match where the first one there was interference, so it wasn't really a clean finish, even though Andrade won. The second one, it was tied, and there was a muff finish. So now we can have a third one where it's definitive, right? I think it's yeah. set up for a third match, which is, of course. With another stipulation, you know, but bring it on. I'm all about that. Give us another match with these guys. I think they're setting up plot for the Royal Rumble. But in addition, I've heard rumors that we may be seeing a tag team between Andrade Cien Almas and Rey Mysterio. Uh, mm. And that this will be a way for Rey to get Almas over by association. You know, it's kind of like what they did with uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, where they had them fight first and then had them join up into a tag team. Tony Lorca, Danny Birch. Tony Lorca and Danny you Birch. Know. Yeah, long story history of it. So I, there's a lot of upside I see to this. I'm not that worried about the, the muff finish here. I think that time will tell, and I think it's going to be fine down the road. It's just so far, they're, they're killing it so hard, and I love the fact that WWE is recognizing that and doing yeah. something with it. So I was just mostly annoyed. Like, oh, come on, guys. Let them, you know, eh, my, my match. My wrestling. <laughs> wrestling i think you're supposed to be i think you're supposed to be annoyed by it because you want an accomplished and, and, and at the you. end and you wanted more and you wanted more at the end like oh no i wanted to see the end of that god i hope they fight again uh speaking of fighting again we are getting another, another match between aj styles and daniel bryan this sunday and we had a uh a segment that was supposed to build us up towards that and get us excited for it where vince mcmahon was going to moderate a face-to-face between daniel bryan and aj styles and he got AJ out to the ring, and he got Daniel Bryan out to the ring side, but Daniel refused to get into the ring because uh, he had uh, he had some issues, shall we say. He had some issues with the people in the audience, some issues with them, the baby boomer, boomer generation like Vince McMahon, who kept trying to get him into the ring. He had issues with pretty much everything under the sun because he's now the planet's champion. So what did you think about this segment, Nick? Uh, could have been better, I guess would be my response. I, I didn't, 
I liked fired up Daniel Bryan. I didn't. I, I I wondered what they were doing with him to have him start tearing down Vince McMahon and and the whole, uh, you know, Greatest Generation kind of thing, whatever. But I, I'm just sitting here going, "Come on, guys, this this is this is a bit long. I just want to see AJ and Daniel fight. I don't care about all this shit. That's that's really the me. That's that's what I feel like at the end of it. AJ's fired up. Vince is like, "Come, come on, damn it, get in the ring. I'm tired of this." Yeah. Okay, well, are we back to Daniel Bryan that's taken over doing Occupy Raw? Well, and this is the weird thing, is to have Vince do a, a heel dynamic on Monday and then kind of a face dynamic on Tuesday. Uh, it, it, you know, it, Obviously, the Vince McMahon character can pretty much do whatever he wants at this point. He can play both sides of the fence. We, do, we know what Vince is. But again, this was a, an instance where I felt like Vince's presence and his interjections didn't help the story. I felt, if anything, it, it, it felt like he was shoehorned into this, and I didn't really understand his purpose here because, frankly, he could have just not been here entirely, and we would have had the same result, which is AJ saying, well, we don't have to have this face-to-face in the ring, jumps out of the ring, attacks Daniel Bryan, they get into a scuffle, um, and uh, Bryan you know, escapes. Uh, I think it would have been great to have just AJ in the ring and Daniel Bryan on the outside, maybe walking laps around the ring while he's tearing down AJ Styles and continuing on this environmentalist crusade that he's on. I I think that would have been that would have been fine. It made it overly complicated to have Vince in there. It it was I get that it was a way for him to take a jab at baby boomers and and Vince directly, but it was completely unnecessary. That's my hang-up with it. it well, the, the whole thing back was Back-to-back back nights, Vince has just been completely unnecessary Agreed. in his segments. Yeah, he's been, he's been thrown in. He's been shoehorned into things where he's not needed, and in fact, he kind of brings it down a little bit. Let's and, be clear. He's shoehorning himself into things. Right, and, and if that's because you know, we were talking about this quote-unquote quote, quote new era that's supposed to be happening in WWE. If the new era is essentially just Vince showing up on TV that's not going to it's not going to fix your ratings problems. It's right. not going to fix your attendance problems. Right now, uh Takeover Phoenix has sold more seats than the Raw after the Royal Rumble. Uh-oh. That's Uh-oh. rough. The Royal Rumble's taking place at Chase Field. They've sold out just over half of the seats. That's it. So, oh, there's boy. major issues going on here. It's it's not they have not fixed things through January. They have not done the right, appropriate things to fix their course. Uh, and, and, and Vince getting into segments like this, which are, frankly, awkward segments to begin with that don't entirely you know, hit home. I still like the Daniel Bryan's character, even though I think it's turning into C.J. Parker Part 2. Um, and A.J. has been kind of getting a little bit more boring to me. He's kind of the same thing over and over and over again in his feuds. Um, but having Vince in this didn't help in fact i think it hurt yeah and it's it, no, i totally agree this didn't need to be hurt any more than it already was yeah i think they'll still have a great match on sunday i just don't think they've built it very well uh yeah. that being said good matches samoa joe versus mustafa ali happened we had this match before joe came out to wreck the end of raw and i gotta say this is another one where the promos like seth rollins and drew mcintyre on monday the promos before the match sold the damn match yeah, Ali in his hoodie uh, backstage somewhere or out in an alley, wherever he was, 
Uh, just that was one of the best promos of the week. He produces he produces those himself. That's what's crazy. Like he's been he's producing those himself since two hundred five live and before. Like wow. so I think it's one of the reasons why he's getting so much love from backstage is he's a get up and go kind of guy. And frankly, his baby face promos are nuts. They're really, really, really good. His promo this week about, you know, understand like he's a, he used to be a cop. He knows that look in Joe's eyes. It's the look of somebody who is absolutely certain of what they're doing. Uh, but he's going to, you know, change what Joe sees in him and et cetera. It's, it's fantastic. It was great baby face promo. He delivered, he nailed the delivery. We knew Joe can. We know Joe can can promo, and he did. Uh, but Ali just completely sold this match with that promo. He's going to go out there and fight with a lot of heart against Samoa Joe, which he did. Beautiful. He actually got a Beautiful. good good baby face match, which he ultimately succumbed to the uh, the clutch, and um, Joe Joe basically tapped him out. But at the same time, it was a you know strong baby face attempt. So Mustafa Ali is still very much on course to be one of like the the fan favorite baby faces over on SmackDown Live. Agreed. Do you he, think he's gonna be he's gonna be fine? I have no worries at all about Mustafa Ali. Do you think this is like this is gonna be a feud after the Rumble, or just does, are they building this up for Ali to have heat on Joe at the Rumble? Um, I think this there's gonna be drama in the Rumble match with these two. I think it's one of those again, like you were saying, that they're 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 gonna be. Mustafa Ali is in the Rumble, correct? Yes. I'm, I'm making looking at the list. Okay. So I'm, I'm expecting there to be a feud with these two beyond Royal Rumble. Um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes, what it weaves into, what else gets involved on SmackDown. Yeah. Because I, you know, if you look at these refuse between Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy, and these other kind of nothing mid-card feuds that didn't that really go anywhere. Really go anywhere they don't produce anything there's no stakes involved that's my one fear about this pairing is that neither one of them carry any gravitas or weight around that adds a stake some sort of stakes to the feud i think they've actually established more stakes than than anything except for like the end of the joe and uh, and jeff hardy feud which also fizzled out right when i thought it was really getting nice and nice and warm uh but i think this one they've already established how scary Joe is to a guy like Mustafa Ali, how easy it is for him to beat up Mustafa Ali. And that way, if Mustafa at some point gets the better of Joe, it won't hurt Joe, but it'll make Mustafa look like a million bucks for overcoming the monster. Yeah. So I, th- I think they're doing a good job building this. If they do decide to make this a feud beyond the rumble. Yep. To what end? We don't know, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so also on SmackDown Live, we had the continuation of the story between Shane McMahon and The Miz and their budding tag team, which I believe they're just calling the, the best in the world. Sure. Is that the name that they were calling themselves? It, the best in the world? Ma- it doesn't matter. It's a matter of time before this is over. <laughs> uh, so Miz had a match against Cesaro. Uh, long story short, he lost. Uh, through some shenanigans by by Sheamus, both Miz and and Shane McMahon took a monstrous beatdown after the match. Uh, both of them getting put through a table. Shane got super duper power bombed. He was way up in the air. That was like a lifted, elevated power bomb and brought down through the table. Uh, and the bar stand tall. Nick, uh, you know the the algorithm says the metric says that. If they stand tall, they're going to win. Does this mean that Miz and Shane are going to become champions? I think they are. So what they, happened? They they have to for this story to work. Yeah. 
Do you, well, now, here's the thing. It's, yeah. If the bar lose then, what happens to the bar? If they lose to Miz and Shane, does that hurt them I, too I don't much? know. New era, no more rematches, earn your title back. I, I don't know. We got a bunch of other tag teams on, on SmackDown. Yeah. You know, the best in the world want to go out and prove that they're the best in the world. And maybe that's the whole run up is they have feuds with, you know, the two or three other major tag teams that are on SmackDown uh, on the way to Mania. Is it as weird I, to you as it is to me that the Miz is face and like he's getting cheered? Not yet. It's not. It's weird that he's doing this tag team thing with Shane, and that's mostly distracting me. You know, I, I just I can't get my head around this. Shane has to involve himself somehow in everything. That's all I think this is. But I, I just, why couldn't Miz just turn and and go fight as a singles competitor? He's good enough. I think it would be really hard for Miz to turn without some sort of agent to assist in his. Face turn, as I've said in the previous weeks, I think that this angle of using Shane's goodwill with the audience, even though he almost he'll turn back in the fall, people still love him so much uh, that using him as a way to turn Miz face, I think is a fantastic idea and it's working. So obviously can't argue with it there. I would have personally, I would have had a feud where Miz was really pissed off that Shane stepped in and stole his thunder after winning the best in the world tournament out from under him after Miz won two of the matches pit Miz against Shane Mc as a heel against a heel Shane McMahon rather than doing all this tag team bullshit. And I think that would have worked even better. Well, as you and I both know, tag teams are made to be broken up and at some point Shane and Miz are going to feud. The question is if does Miz go back to being heel? If he does, that would be a great reason for him to, Uh, or does Shane turn heel on him? So. If this doesn't end up in Miz uh, facing Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship, I'll be disappointed. If it's anything else, I'll be disappointed. That that this that has to be what this is about, in Unle- my opinion. Well, yeah, it it may they may still be champs by then. Who knows? But uh, we'll we will find out. Still, lots more to see. What's they, they, you you can tell they have a long term plan with this feud. And I'm very curious to see where they're going. Yeah. Uh, uh, I really don't want to talk about this feud anymore, but we have to. We have to because it was on the show. Mandy and Naomi are still having a feud. Uh, Mandy, let's talk about what was not on the show in place of this. Mandy. Rusev and Nakamura, your U.S. title was not on, and that's all that needs to be said about it. We're not on uh, SmackDown Live, other than a placard graphic promo saying that they were gonna, the championship was going to be defended on the pre-show yeah. at Royal Rumble. But we've got time for Mandy versus Naomi. At least with this, when it comes to this feud, just looking at this feud by itself, at least they're now wrestling and not meeting up with each other's husbands in hotel rooms. Uh, this has gotten to a wrestling point, and we're leaving that kind of Jerry Springer stuff in the past. Uh, it's still dumb as a box of rocks. And in fact, the wrestling match was pretty garbage as well. Ending with, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this, ending with Sonya interfering and causing Naomi to get her head knocked on the ring post by Mandy, who then rolled her and rolled her and rolled her into the ring and pinned her. A, a, a head knock on the ring post was the finish. Good. God almighty. Seriously? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I really actually don't want to talk about the feud anymore. It's, it exists. I'd rather go talk about Royal Rumble. (laughs) It exists. It exists. And this week, as you said, it existed in the place of your freaking U S title feud. 
And that's frustrating on a number of levels. Couldn't even give them a promo. Couldn't nope. even give them 60 seconds. Nope. Just, by the way, they're having a match. Cool. Okay, bye. Just, oh, by the way, it's pre-show. Good luck. Bye. Okay, yep. bye. Just, just. Uh, right next to the awful. cruiserweight fatal four-way. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? Let's talk about the cruiserweight fatal four-way. But in order to do that, let's give our Royal Rumble pickums. Kicking things off in the pre-show, as we just said, Buddy Murphy is going to defend his cruiserweight championship in a fatal four-way match against Kalisto, Akira Tozawa, and Hideo Itami. Ooh, that's going to be a the fun bat wing himself. match. The f- <laughs> oh, 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 uh, this is going to be a fun match. I said as I try to keep my cheeseburger down. Uh, First of all, they've been building this for a couple of weeks over on 205 Live. They even had a three-way, this uh, a, a, a triple threat this week on 205 Live, which, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and make my pick right now. Buddy Murphy is absolutely retaining. Uh, although of course he is. <laughs> well, but it's possible that you could see something like Kalisto pinning Hideo Itami or uh, Hideo pinning Akira Tozawa or something like that. Buddy Murphy could lose it without actually losing it. However, I think Buddy Murphy is still one of the biggest. Uh, he's, he's he's one of the biggest talents they have on Two Hundred Five Live, and him not having the title in in place of Kalisto or Tazawa or Atami. Atami, I think, would be the most likely one aside from him. Tazawa has been a champ before, uh, so is Kalisto. I think Atami is the most likely one to pick yeah. it up here, if not Buddy Murphy. But I'm still going to pick Murphy to retain. Yeah, this is not one I'm going to take a flyer on. Buddy Murphy's retaining. I have, I'm taking plenty of chances elsewhere. <laughs> well, then let's see if you're taking a chance on the U.S. Championship. Rusev versus Shinsuke Nakamura, as we just said, will be on the pre-show. Uh, but that's fine. It's still happening. Who do you have winning? Does Rusev retain? The answer retain? would be no. I'm not, I'm not taking a chance on this one either. Rusev retains. Okay. Rusev for you. I also think that Rusev retains. I don't think we're seeing any title changes on the pre-show. I don't know if, uh, if they have more story to tell with this feud. I don't know if Shinsuke wants out. I wouldn't blame him if he did. They've, they've absolutely destroyed his mystique in WWE. Uh, and, you know, they haven't exactly helped Rusev with Rusev Day either. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm also going to just play it safe and say Rusev retains. Moving on to the main show, we're starting off hot. SmackDown Live Women's Championship match. I wonder why. Becky hmm. Becky Lynch versus Asuka. Good grief. Who do you have winning this one? Are you ready? <sighs> yes, I am, Dustin. Asuka retains. Mm. Oscar retains here. And I have to, I, this is a bigger story. It's almost meta over individual matches because of the grander story that's, that has, is going to unfold over the next three months. I'm, I'm still at this point convinced that we're going to have Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey as the main event of WrestleMania this year. And if we walk that backwards, that means that Becky has to win the Royal Rumble which means that Asuka has to retain in this match. And the reason it's so early in the card is so that Becky can lose and also win the Royal Rumble well, match. Well, to, to be clear, I am just I just wrote these down in the order that I thought of them. <laughs> I didn't write these it's, down. It's going to be early, if not open the show. Mm. Uh, I, I 
98% sure of that. I, I actually think it'll probably be later in the show, but if it does open the show, I think you're right. Becky's going to come out and win that Rumble. But uh, I think it would also mean that there's probably going to be some interference with the match. Charlotte may come out and introduce Becky to her friend Ken. Oh, that, God, now I said it. Oh, God, why? That could do it. Charlotte could interfere. Oscar retains because of that. That sends Charlotte and Oscar down the path because I think that's the other match we're going to get. Charlotte, Oscar 2.0 for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania. And again, to walk that back, you've got to position your chess pieces in the right place. And we here it is, folks. We've been waiting to get to Royal Rumble, and this is the kickoff to the road to WrestleMania. And all of these... Grand visions. You know Nick is Mr. WrestleMania when it comes to picks. So hear me. Hear the soothsayer. The one time, the one time of the year that Nick gets everything right. Uh, I'm going to pick Becky. I'm going to take a flyer here and say that my road to WrestleMania is that Charlotte wins the Royal Rumble, which we'll get to in a second. Becky wins the SmackDown Live title back and then challenges the Raw champion, Ronda Rousey. Charlotte then challenges both of them using her Royal Rumble win, and that's where we get the, that's where we get the triple threat from. Um, that being said, I don't know if it's winner take all in terms of the titles and unify the titles. That doesn't really make any sense in my head, but whatever, I just picked Becky, so I'm just going to go with it, even though it makes no sense, and now I think Oscar probably will win. But I picked Becky already. I can't go back on it. <laughs> Moving on, Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship. Who do you got here? Ronda. <laughs> Ronda. <laughs> Not even going to talk about this. There's a reason that the ratings dropped off. We all know how this is going to go. Moving on, Miz and Shane versus The Bar for the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. Do you think this is Miz and Shane's time? Do they pick up the win, or do we wait till possibly Elimination Chamber or later for them to get the titles? Or do they never get the titles? One of two things happens here. One, they do win the titles and it, they look fantastic doing it or through some sh level of shenaniganry, pull it off. Pull a rabbit out of their ass and somehow become the SmackDown Tag Championships over the freaking bar. Uh, the other side of this that happens is they, ju they just get completely embarrassed. And it, this is the thing that triggers Shane over the coming weeks to turn on The Miz and go, you told us, you convinced me we were going to be a good tag team why why did you so for me between those two scenarios it's kind of a coin flip like both work both work well but to your point earlier you said what happens to the bar i don't know i think the bar retains here i don't think we're ready to put the belts on miz and shane yet and really pop that cork uh to flip uh shane on miz quite yet i'm good thinking lord what is going thinking, on nick you actually picked the bar for once and i didn't pick the bar well, I picked against Miz and Shane. I didn't exactly pick <laughs> the bar. Fair but enough. I think we're going to get to March fast lane time frame before we really see that uncork. Fair enough. Moving on, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. Do you think Daniel Bryan retains or does AJ Styles get his belt back? Has to retain it. You it's, think retention? You, you can't come out and be the petulant little crybaby uh, environmentalist and have it have any meaning without holding on to that championship because then nobody's going to want to hear what you have to say. Could not have said it better myself. Absolutely, sir. You, I think you hit the nail right on the head. That belt gives Daniel Bryan the agency to do what he's doing right now, the power right. to come out and just berate people. So I think you're completely 100% correct there. Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. One, two, we three. We, we, we had this conversation last week 
And we need to talk. Uh, let's recap Manfin versus Demon Finn. Right. Manfin. I, I, I fear Manfin. <laughs> I fear Demon Finn more, but Manfin. What do you smell? Manfin. Manfin. Um, I think there's a small chance. Get them up. There's a small chance we get Demon Finn here. I think there's a listen. Okay, so I told you there was going to be some flyers here, and this is where they begin. All right. <laughs> I'm not completely sold on whether it's Demon Finn or Man Finn. Okay. I think it almost has to be the Demon because I think Finn Balor is going to beat Brock Lesnar. Good God Almighty. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are new to our show, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, but also, I need to inform you that for the past 116 episodes, Nick has been down on Finn Balor, saying he should go to the cruiserweight division over on Toolfly Live. He should. And he is now picking Finn Balor over Brock Lesnar. The man who nobody can beat for this title for the last two and a half years. Uh-huh. You are, you are picking Finn Balor over Brock Lesnar. I'm picking Finn Balor here because... Oh, now you're, taking, you're taking a plus five on the demon? Or are you just going to say... I'm going to take a plus five on the demon if you're going to say no. I'm going to say no demon. Okay, I say demon. All right. Uh, this is my crazy flyer. It's why I wasn't doing them early in the show. I was saving my <laughs> saving crazy. Saving it up for this. So I think... <laughs> I think that Braun is receiving a bit of a downturn for whatever reason, whether it's health or well-being issues or whether it's some kind of backstage heat, he is definitely taking a less prominent role. I was very sold that Braun was going to be the one to take it off of Brock, but some things have changed. The dynamic has changed. I no longer think we've got Braun Strowman going, carrying the title to WrestleMania at this point. What I am thinking now, after the last couple of weeks, is Seth Rollins. I think we're going to see Finn Balor take the belt off of Brock Lesnar, and Seth Rollins somehow comes in and challenges for it. But also alongside that, Drew McIntyre wins the Rumble. And we end up with... I think we might end up with Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. And I don't know how we get there yet. I, I, I just There's something in my gut that's telling me things feel that way. Because I think Brock's gone. I think he's, he's, he's out at some point. When? Who knows? But I think this is the. It could be funny. It could be the ultimate insult to Brock. You're going to have the littlest guy on the roster take the belt off of you. Not Roman. Not Braun. Finn. So that's what I see. Something involving Seth and Drew McIntyre ultimately at WrestleMania. I think Finn's the one that unseats Brock Lesnar here. That's why. You are an absolute madman. I am. I am. I'm sorry. There's nothing it's I saw. What I do. <laughs> nothing I saw on Raw makes me think that they truly believe in Finn Balor enough to put him over Brock. I think he'll have a good showing. Means much to like, an end. Much like Daniel Bryan. Much like AJ Styles. He'll have a good showing on Brock, and then ultimately F five one two three. It will be a Brock match. I'm saying no demon. If the demon comes out, I'm telling you right now. Not only will I be pissed because you picked it right, but I'm going to be terrified that Brock beats the demon, and I still win this one. Uh, so yeah, sorry. I, I, I cannot imagine. I, I, here's the thing. Logically, there's no way that Finn would not bring out the demon for Brock Lesnar. Like if you're Finn Balor, this is the time you bring out the damn demon, right? 
But you can't have a demon lose. But you I, can't we talked have about that. I agree with that. Lose. So either Finn. If the demon's coming out, Finn's winning that belt. Uh, well, and if they don't, if they have Brock beat the demon, you, I mean, Jesus Christ, just release Finn. Just let him go. Just let him go to AEW. You've, you've killed him. You've killed him. So, so you're, you're saying Lesnar retains then. I'm, I'm saying Brock Lesnar, and I'm taking a plus five, no demon. I'm, I would right. rather have a hole in logic as to why Finn would not bring out the demon than to have it be logical and have Brock Lesnar beat the demon. And I also don't, I don't see them believing in Finn enough to have him win the championship because then the picture towards WrestleMania makes freaking no sense. That being said, if they want to convince me they're on a, they're on a, a, a new path and a new era, Finn wins here. Then, then you will have my attention. You will have my rapt attention. Remember, remember how good those Finn Balor, Seth Rollins matches were? Oh, yes. Ago? Oh, yes. I would love to see more of those. I think we're just seeing. I think, I think Seth and I think we go back. We rewind the clock three years to Seth and Finn for the original uh, Universal Championship. That feud, the matches that we had between those two, sure, easy, and easy to book. Finn and Drew would have great matches too, but I think Drew is more earmarked for the main event than Finn is at this point. I, th- I think Finn is an upper mid carder. This is his shot, just like Samoa Joe, just like. The, you know, the last time Braun Strowman had one of these back in, in the summer, just like everyone else who's ever had a match with, with Brock Lesnar. Let you, me be clear. Finn is a means to an end to have a short-term feud with Seth Rollins, who ultimately becomes universal champion, maybe Fastlane. And we go to WrestleMania with Drew McIntyre, who's going to win the Royal Rumble and challenge Seth Rollins I for cannot, the Universal Championship. I cannot imagine they're going to have someone take the belt off of Brock only to lose it a month or two later. That would be such a waste of all the all of the the value they put on to Brock for years and years and years. That would make no sense unless like the demon beats Brock and then you know Seth beats Manfin. But even then, that it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me sticking with Brock and no demon. That's why it works. That's okay. Well, we'll see, Mister Flyer. Uh, women's Royal Rumble match. Really quickly, the rundown of people who have been announced so far. Obviously, we know Carmella. She's coming out at number thirty, but also. Bailey. It doesn't matter. Becky doesn't. Lynch is winning this. Yeah. Uh, Bailey, Ember Moon, Natalia, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Alicia Fox, Zelina Vega, Mickey James, Charlotte Flair, Naomi Tamina, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, Dana Brooke, Lana, Nia Jax, Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, and Lacey Evans. So you're, I take it you're picking Becky. I am picking Becky Lynch after All her right. loss to Oscar for the title. Wow. All right. Well, I'm picking Charlotte. Uh, moving on to the men's rumble, our truth, as we know, will be number 30, unless someone mugs him backstage and takes his place. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, uh, also we have Drew McIntyre, new day represented by Kofi Kingston, Big E, and Xavier Woods. We got Jeff Hardy, Seth Rollins, uh, Samoa Joe, Dean Ambrose, John Cena is questionable. They're saying he has a leg injury. Uh, so we may or may not see John Cena. That'll be interesting to see. It's John Cena, though. He'll Iron Man up, probably. Yeah. Uh, Elias, Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Paulo Cruz, Jinder Mahal, Andrade, Cien Almas, Rey Mysterio, Mustafa Ali, and Titus O'Neil. Those are the ones that are confirmed, so still plenty of room on both of those rumbles for some NXT people, for some like old-school people, some surprises. So very, uh, some of the things that make Rumbles fun is the surprise yeah. entrance. Love those. Yeah. Love those. A uh, little bit of room for Kenny Omega on the men's side. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Um, Wouldn't be surprised. 
I would be. Everybody I w- likes money. <laughs> I would be surprised. I would definitely be surprised, but not shocked. How about yeah. that? Sure. Who do you think's winning this one? This is this is a really wide open one. Who do you think's winning this one? Have I not yet made that crystal clear over the last <laughs> month? <laughs> uh, Drew McIntyre is winning the men's Royal Rumble match easily, handily. All right. And I, I still think it would be freaking hilarious. It wasn't my idea. Somebody else in the group said it. If our truth came out at the first position, thinking uh-huh. it was the thirtieth position, <laughs> to completely play into that yep. gimmick that he was doing over the last year, my bad. it would be fantastic. I I, I think that's also a very likely possibility. <laughs> was that that he comes out first, or he just keeps coming out at every every time the buzzer rings, <laughs> and he thinks it's my turn. Times. Oh, not yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, dang it. Um. Uh, yeah. No, I I agree. That would be funny. So it's funny. I called Drew McIntyre to win the Royal Rumble back in like around SummerSlam. I think I said yeah. Drew was winning the Royal Rumble. Uh, and I still think that your pick of Drew McIntyre to win the Royal Rumble is solid. But I'm going to pick somebody else. And if ultimately Drew does win the Royal Rumble, I'm just going to refer back to the fact that I called it in the summer and I just second-guessed myself. But I am going to say somebody else. I also should mention that someone I didn't mention in that whole list of people that in the Royal Rumble you know who's not mentioned there and really doesn't have anything to do on this show? Braun, Braun Strowman. Oh, okay. But yes, uh, also also Randy Orton we know will be in the match as well. I don't have him listed for some reason. Yeah. Uh, yes, Randy Orton, but he's not winning the Royal Rumble again. No. Braun Strowman has nothing to do right now. He ain't got nothing to do. Braun Strowman has nothing to do in this Royal Rumble match. He is the holder of the greatest Royal Rumble trophy or belt or whatever the heck he got. So that is an interesting one. And we could be seeing them building towards Braun and Brock at WrestleMania. As dumb as that would be, they did did still see, we did still see a lot of face downs between Braun and Brock at Royal Rumble. It's possible they could try to long play this and make this an epic confrontation of the beast and the monster at WrestleMania. But that would be the dumbest damn thing ever. It'd be so stupid. It would be so, so dumb to do that. But I think they're going to do it, and Braun's going to win the Royal Rumble. Oh, no. with With a close second, Seth Rollins. Close second. You know, Seth I, I will say that Seth Rollins is the. They could flip it on us and yep. have Seth win the Rumble here. If they're and smart, I, I wouldn't be mad at it. If they're smart, they'll have Seth Rollins win. That may, that one makes the most sense to me. And then you know, find something, find some way to get Drew the title, or have Seth, or frankly, have Seth versus Brock, and have Seth be the one to finally beat Brock. Frankly, that to me is the smartest decision business-wise they could make. That is if it the comes down thing. to Seth, Braun, Mac, McIntyre, and who else am I thinking of? Like the last four. You know, I'm just yeah. I'm hoping that it's not something stupid where it's obvious, like Roman a couple years ago, uh, where there were the last five or six people in there, and you're like, there's no way in hell that person's winning. No, last year I was wanted great. it to be people that are actual. Like if Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins. And Braun Strowman are in there as the final four. I'm going to go, shit, who is winning this? Yep. Because that's what I want it to be. That's what I want my Rumble matches to come down to. Agreed. Uh, Yeah. And last year they did a great job of that, uh, you know, with with Roman and Cena and Nakamura. And you're like, man, I have no idea who's winning this one. 
I hope I hope I know who is winning this one, but I don't know. So hopefully we'll get there again. Having this wide open field again is fantastic for them. It means they have lots of ability to play with our emotions. And I look forward to having my emotions played with on Sunday come the Royal Rumble. Yes, that's it for the main roster of WWE, but we are not done yet. There's plenty more to talk about. We got a takeover to talk about. We got NXT is a little bit of two five live in New Japan, plus listener questions and some news and notes but in order to talk about all of that. We got to talk about the wide world of wrestling. Well, over in NXT, Velveteen Dream returns to television. Says he wants, also wants, that North American Championship that Johnny Gargano is chasing after Ricochet for. Cole, Adam Cole, and Bobby Fish come out and go, nah, 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 hang on. Get in Undisputed line. Undisputed Era. Is, uh, is next in line, and we're going to be dripping in gold in 2019. We're going to have not one, not two, but three championships so in our faction. It's funny. I anticipated this show being like a big go-home show for yeah. TakeOver, and they did. They ended it with like a good 15-minute go-home for TakeOver segment, but we also had a lot of stuff setting up stuff for after TakeOver and, 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 and making us look at certain uh, superstars in different ways and introducing us to some new teams and stuff. Like there was, this was a, a very interesting NXT go home show. As you said, we had Velveteen Dream, Bobby Fish and Adam Cole have words. Then we had a match most of the way through the show between Velveteen Dream and Bobby Fish, which was a, a nice little match. Velveteen, Velveteen ends up picking up the, the clean win over Bobby Fish. I don't know if that means he's next in line for the North American championship uh, or if he's going to have to face Adam Cole next. Either way, I'm happy. That's good stuff. Uh, we also had a tag match between uh, Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch facing off against Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel, the angry Europeans, or whatever they're calling themselves. These dudes are crazy. This was this was a balls-to-the-wall match. This is one of those matches where the ref just stops trying to take control of the tag teams and the guys just go flying everywhere and fists and hard slaps and... Bodies coming off the Oney top Lorcan rope. Oney Lorcan coming over the top rope, and and you know, and then Eichner jumping up to the top rope and doing a flog frog splash to the outside. Are you kidding me? After doing a double rope moonsault into the ring, like, yeah, it's it's <laughs> this this was insane. And then of course, you know, I, uh, uh, Birch and Lorcan are known for hitting people really hard, and well, that happened again. So no, this was this was a really really fun fast-paced, as we said, hard-hitting match. And I think it was a good way to put both of these teams on the map. I mean, Lorcan and Birch have been kind of simmering ever since their breakthrough watershed takeover match against Undisputed Era. Um, and Eichner and Barthel are certainly up-and-comers. So these guys showed that they can... I mean, frankly, I, the guy I really got to call out here is Danny Birch. Dude is not a spring chicken. And he is he's going at an absolutely breakneck pace in this match that guy yeah. that guy's cardio is stupid <laughs> he's been hanging out with finn balor stupid yeah so oh man he's well, young he, other, he's younger than me but he, he looks like he, he looks like he's 49 but he's actually only 37 but still that's Good lord man yeah he's only 37 he's only, he's only 37 yeah. All right, moving on before we get in trouble. Um, Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane faced off against uh, uh, Tanea Brooks and, and Amber Nova, two ladies I had not yet uh, heard of yet. So, uh, okay, cool. Let's watch Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane beat the hell out of a couple of other ladies. Pretty much. This was, yeah, we knew this was going to be a, a 
a, a squash match before this even started. But that being said, it was a good way to show that Io Shirai and uh, Kyrie Sane make a good team. I, I got to say, this is, I think, the best option for these two uh, yeah. so that they're not in Asuka's shadow. Um, you instead have these two ladies working as a tag team. It's something that's unique. Uh, they're obviously great friends in real life, and that shows they're stinking adorable. Um, they obviously, obviously, as we said, they win this match with some great tag team moves. They win the match, and then backstage are busy being cute, and then are confronted by Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. And we have a match set up for next week between uh, two of the four horsewomen of MMA. And I don't even know what to call Kyrie Sane and, and Io Shirai, but uh, the cute Joshi girls. But that's going to be <laughs> super kawaii. Super, ka- <laughs> super kawaii. Super kawaii. Yeah. Careful. You say kawaii. That's scary. Oh, but, uh, it's okay. <laughs> little, little pronunciation differences. Kawaii. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is a brilliant idea to have them team up. My question is, do they bring them up to the main roster as a tag team for Elimination Chamber? Because I mean, eh. they're, they're, I don't know, man. There's not much else for them to do in NXT. And having the two of them be a tag team in the main roster, to me, makes a ton of sense if you're doing a women's tag division. I, I agree, but I'd like to see the tag division be like officially announced and structured and who's going to be in a tag team before we start bringing people up to be in this fictitious tag team that doesn't exist yet or tag I, division. I, I think that they're going to have to to make this tag division work. So yeah. I think that's going to happen over the next month after the Rumble. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, last but certainly not least, we spent a lot of the time at the end building for matches that we've got going for TakeOver Phoenix, Ricochet versus Gargano, Aleister Black versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. Um, there was a bit of a tease here where Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano kind of got along. They've been in the crowd yeah. chanting DIY, DIY, and I'm, I'm sitting there going... No, well, no, they, no they, they can't do this. A real? Are they, they going to do this? this? They tease this at the end of the Alistair Black uh, Tommaso Ciampa cage match, and they did it again here, where after uh, after Ciampa and Gargano individually beat down Ricochet and Alistair Black and kind of help each other out, Johnny's tempted to the dark side. And his wife Candice comes out, and as much as I, I'm not a fan of Candice basically just being like a prop in this whole story. Um, it's still, you know, her as the voice of reason in Johnny's head is it, yeah. fine. Fine, it works structurally. Um, her as her being like the, the audience proxy. I'm like, no, Johnny, don't you remember what this guy did to you? Like, as as tempting as it is to make everything right and go back to this, and much as you kind of turned the dark side and changed who you are, like, no, Johnny, that's not you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Johnny. And, and this whole thing ended with uh, Ricochet laid out in the ring, Alistair Black laid out in the ring, and Johnny almost shaking Tommaso Ciampa's hand at the top of the ra- at the top of the ramp because that puppet master, that bald bastard, the son of a bitch, has worked Johnny's head so well at this point. Johnny almost wants to go back to him and reform DIY. The question is, does DIY reform at TakeOver? Do they interfere in each other's matches at TakeOver? Do they become tag champions again? Is I that don't where know. This about, is all heading. I don't know about tag champions, my, but my friggin' head no, would explode. Tag championships. Wh- oh, hold on. You know what? I, I've got I've got something to say about this, but I can't say it until we talk about our takeover Phoenix Pickums. Okay. Okay. Well, so let's yeah. let's start off at the top of the show. We'll get to we'll get to this. We'll get to this whole thing. 
Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono, they've had some business back and forth the last few weeks. Uh, Matt Riddle KO'd Cassius at the last takeover in six seconds. Uh, then they had a match, and Cassius beat up Matt Riddle after the match like a dick. And then Cassius beat up Matt's friend Keith Lee, which you don't do because Nick and I love Keith Lee. You don't beat up Keith Lee, man. Yeah, Cassius. Yeah, Cassius. Put some pants on. God, please. For the sake of my stomach. Uh, but now we have the rematch, the, the rubber match, if you will. Although Matt Riddle's won the other two matches, but still, Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. One more time, who do you have here? I'm going to say Matt Riddle, potentially with an assist from Keith Lee. All right. I, I actually think that we... I, I think Matt Riddle's taking it too, barring some sort of interference from a friend of Cassius's, someone like Dominic Dijakovic, who may come out and interfere with this. And we may be Dij- seeing Dijak. It's you're, I, you're talking about Dijak. I know. I'm just trying to be professional. <laughs> say, say the name that they've given him. I can't do it. Dijakovic. Dijakovic. Uh, I, I think it's Dijakovic. Gazuntite. That's the new yeah. thing. That's the new thing. Dijakovic. Yeah. Gazuntite. Uh, so yes, I think unless there's interference from Dijakovic. Gazuntite. Uh, we're gonna see Matt Riddle pick up the win here, and it'll probably yeah. be it'll probably be a fun little match. Matt what if we got some there. action with Keith Lee and Dijak on the outside of the ring during this match? That could be fun. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Is that Matt Riddle might actually win, but we'll see interference from from Dijakovic, tight and uh, Keith Lee on the outside. So that's that's quite possible. Uh, next up, Undisputed Era versus the Wall Waiters. Sorry, <clears throat> War Raiders uh, for the tag team championships. Who do you have here? Uh, I don't see any reason why Undisputed Era drops it, but I also think that War Raiders are getting a little long in the tooth, and I think they need the win. I think they need the belts. I think they're the ones to do it. I'm going to pick the War Raiders. All right, because something needs to change. I, you know, it's the, the the Undisputed Era is fantastic. I enjoy it. I'm starting to get a little bored with it. Yeah, honestly. They, I, I agree with the tag championships. Like the, it has, it needs a little new blood in there, and the uh, the Raiders would certainly be good new blood. And I think, as you said, they do need to win. They did win at uh, um, uh, War Games. Though. War Games. So War Games. Uh, war Games. <laughs> they did win there. So this could just be undisputed eras getting their win back. But, I mean, that's going to be a bad look for the wall waiters if they lose to Undisputed Era again. Yeah, if Undisputed so, Era wins here and retains, I, ha- I mean, you're going to start seeing a lot of new challengers like Street Profits, uh, Forgotten Sons, well, maybe who, even. Who, takes, you know, who are in a feud right now. They're, they're both in a feud right now, so they're busy with each other. But who takes it off of Undisputed Era if not the War Raiders? Agreed. You know what I mean? It, it, it has to be them to, you know, for legitimacy reasons. Yeah. This, it's a tough one. I'm having a real tough time picking this one. This is, this, this is a coin flip for me. Yeah. I'm going to go with Undisputed Era, though, just because I believe them when they say they're going to be dripping in gold this year. I believe them. Uh, the only way... Oh, you know what? I just thought of another thing. No, that's, no I'm just going to about to say if DIY reforms, they take it off of the War Raiders after the War Raiders take it off of Undisputed Era. But that's, that's really... That's some complicated stuff. I'm just going to stick to Undisputed Era. Uh, Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano, the North American Championship. I got enough crazy conspiracy crap I'm about to get into. I don't need more. Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano. Who do you have? Ricochet keeps it. Really? 
further further darkens the downfall of Johnny Gargano where he needs Tommaso's help. Mm. See, here's the interesting thing. I think Johnny Gargano wins here. I think Gargano beats Ricochet with an assist from Tommaso Ciampa and then comes out during Tommaso Ciampa's match to assist Tommaso in beating Aleister Black. How you like that? Not happening. How you like that? Not happening. No? I say nah. it. I say it is, Mr. John Cena's 17 titles at WrestleMania. Too soon. Uh, it's too soon. So you have Ricochet. I've got Johnny Gargano. Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair for the Women's Bianca Championship. Bianca, Bianca Belair. Really? Oh, yeah. You think Bianca? I'm, I think Shayna's, Shayna's moving up ASAP. You're crazy. Wow. Oh. Wow. I think Bianca Belair is a bit of the chosen one. That's the chosen next one. Shane has been there enough, has had the title basically the entire time she's been there, other than the one little reign by Kyrie getting her win back. So I, I, I think it's time for somebody new. New uh, era uh, mm. in NXT. Uh. Well, I, I personally think that uh, with the two horsewomen behind her, I think she hasn't really had a, a definitive match where she's shown how much of an interference they can be. I think Shayna retains here. Uh, so I've already given my pick for Aleister Black versus Tommaso Ciampa. Who are you taking? Ciampa retains. Okay, so you think Ciampa as well, just different reasons. I think Ciampa retains. I don't think there's going to be the DIY union that you profess mm. quite yet. Okay. All I right. like the hints of it. I like the fact that Johnny is weak enough to entertain it. But I also think that that's going to be his undoing ultimately. And I think the kick in the nuts from him losing to Ricochet and not being able to get over the finish line, so to speak and get the title that Ciampa challenged him to go get, he's going to go crawling back to Ciampa in a very, very dark See, way. I think the opposite. I think that Ciampa directing him to get that title and then helping him to get that title will make Johnny come crawling back to Ciampa. And that way, they're both, they both have a title. And so it's like DIY reformed without actually being a tag team. They still have championship belts. We'll see. We'll see. We will this see. This is going to be good. Good time Saturday night. Oh for sure. man, we're starting off hot this weekend. Uh, a couple more things to get to to the show before we get to some listener questions. Two hundred five live. Humberto Carrillo, who just got called up uh, last week, he's still on the show. He had a match with Grand Metalik. Fantastic match. Beautiful. Fantastic match, as you can imagine. I'm wondering if Carrillo is going to stay on two hundred five live, or if this is just like his grown-up NXT, and they're just grooming him to come to the main roster, because this guy, to me, has main roster all over him. Yeah. I mean, do you think... He could be the one to take the belt off Buddy Murphy at some point. I, Dude, I absolutely think if they, you know, they put him through his paces, make him pay his dues. He's obviously young, but he's incredibly talented. Um, looks like he's going to be going into a feud with Gulak next. Drew Gulak. Uh, Perfect. A little, little backstage segment where he was so mad everyone was talking about Humberto Carrillo. Carrillo versus Gulak. Sign me up. All in. Gulak has a great history of, fa- of facing high flyers. It's part of his gimmick. So I'm I'm all about that feud. The main event of 205 Live uh, was Kalisto versus Akira Tozawa versus Hideo Itami. Our boy, the Batwing, pinned Tozawa. <gasps> do you think that... I mean, we've already made our picks for the Fatal 4-Way, but do you think that Itami winning here... Is means he's is another reason why he won't win on Sunday. 
No, I think Buddy Murphy is the reason that he won't win on Sunday. <laughs> I don't think anybody's taking that title off of Buddy Murphy, period. Yeah. No, it's I, just not happening. I think Mur- I'm not going to put a plus five on it, but I think Murphy pins like Kalisto because Tozawa took the pin here. I sure. think this is a way That's to a keep, good call. I think yeah. it's a way to keep Hideo strong uh, while not picking up the championship on Sunday. I, if I had to pick him, I would say Buddy pins Tozawa. But I could see Kalisto as well. That's two pins for Tozawa in one week. That's pretty rough on the boy. Eh, Come on, now. That's, that's, true. that's that's rough. That being said, if Kalisto does win Sunday, Lucha House Party did say that they defend the Cruiserweight Championship under Freebird rules, which could be a lot of fun. Whoa! Yeah, huh. that'd be pretty. That would be actually pretty sweet. That'd be one thing if Kalisto does win it off of Murphy. As much as I'd be like, eh, really, I would be like, well. But Lucha House Party now is a Freebird Cruiserweight Championship team. They're on Monday Night Raw, and they can still defend it on 205 Live with a different person. So they can have members do a match on Raw and then someone else do a match on, on 205 Live and not burn out the team. Not bad. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Uh, moving over to New Japan, we got the cards for new new beginning, which is over here in the U.S., and there's a show in L.A., a show in Charlotte. Like oh boy! They, like they know where we live, Nick, and right. another show in Nashville. Because they listen, they do, they do, they know. Even New Japan listens. Even right. New Japan listens. Thank you, Gato, for your subscription. We appreciate it, brother. Love your booking. Uh, so now here's the thing: there's a lot of backlash from these cards because as we look down these cards, I see. Uh, let's see. Mm, um, let's see. Mm, absolutely. Uh, no Japanese names whatsoever in New Japan. So, this is a bunch of guys who work for New Japan. Marty Skrull, Jeff Cobb works there from time to time. Chucky e. T, obviously, and and Beretta, the, they, they work over there. Juice Robinson's defending his championship. But this is a bunch of Americans who also work mostly for Ring of Honor. Um, and almost nobody from New Japan that's not also working America all the time. So uh, you you are going to have Japanese wrestlers on this Japanese wrestling tour, yes? <laughs> Apparently, the answer is a no. That being said, <laughs> and there's a lot of backlash from this. People, this, these, these cards got released. Uh, and as I said, the biggest match that there is on these cards that I'm seeing in terms of significance is a, a U.S. heavyweight championship match, Juice Robinson versus Beretta. That's taking place in Charlotte. Uh, a couple of nice-looking tag team matches, uh, Sk- Marty Skrull and Brody King versus Lance Archer and Davey Boy Smith. Good Lord, that's happening here in L.A. Uh, Beretta and Rocky Romero versus Juice Robinson and Tracy Williams. Um, yeah, Jeff Cobb versus Brody King. Marty Skrull versus Clark, Car- Clark Connors over in Nashville. So there's there's some interesting matches still happening, but honestly, I'm not too blown away, blown away by these cards uh, either. But here's the thing. Here's the excuse is that New Japan can't get visas for their guys because of the government shutdown. So given that, I cut them a lot more slack because that sucks. They can't get their guys over here to put on actual shows because they just can't. They, they just can't because of legal reasons. So yep, they're, they're going to put on the best shows that they can. Uh, as Rocky Romero said online, it's not like he's not a New Japan guy. He's only been there for years and years and years and been in the dojo and speaks freaking Japanese. But I think he would also understand people want to see like Japanese New Japan wrestlers, guys we don't often see over here. We can see all these matches. Just go watch Ring, of, Ring Honor. of Honor. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, let's head over and do some listener questions. Thank you very much. If you want to get in 
on this every single week. It's patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that $5 tier every month. Gets you four opportunities to ask us questions every month. Sometimes five. With, sometimes five opportunities. Depending sometimes on the month. five. Depending That's on the right. month. That's a value. You know, value right there. Absolutely. And thank you to everyone who asked questions this week. What do we got, yes, Nick? Thank you. All the great questions. Rule Sheeran kicked it off with, do you think Lars Sullivan really has personal problems or is this a way to get out of his contract and into AEW? I had not even considered that yet. I, I hadn't considered it because it's extremely unlikely that he's going to AEW or even thinking about going to AEW. He's, he's WWE material through and through, not only just how he works his matches, but in his look, his physicality. The fact that WWE was just completely ready to push him to the moon says to me that this is absolutely personal issues. Triple H has come out and said essentially that it is, it is personal issues and that they, the door is open as soon as he wants to come back. They'll figure something out with him. Um, so, no, this is, I, I, I 100% believe this is personal issues. I don't think this is a contractual thing at all. Yeah, agreed. I, I think he was born into the performance center at birth. <laughs> he was <laughs> and somehow reincarnated as with some Bruno San Martino in him. And landed in Orlando at Full Sail and somehow just became this WWE monster stereotype prototype. It's it's amazing to me just how many traits he has that he's good at his, between his size, his yeah. finisher, his promo ability, all of that stuff. This dude's going far in the WWE. I don't think he's going anywhere. He germinated in a large pulsing sack of, of fluid, of Br- oh. Bruno, Bruno San Martino fluid and... Oh. Uh, it was spat onto the performance center floor in a giant cascade of pus and anger. Okay, Kenny Ashton asks, uh, thank you for your patronage, guys. Uh, for the first time in many years, I feel like WWE has done a good job of making the Rumble a complete mystery. Agree with that. Mm. I feel like a Raw guy will take it this year, yep. but I would love to see the Miz enter and steal the Rumble. Interesting. Maybe WWE could get that Daniel Bryan Miz feud hot enough again to main event mania. Wishful thinking. Men's Rumble pick Seth Rollins. Women's Women's Rumble pick Becky Lynch. Lose to Asuka. Interlates and wins. Oh, someone's been listening to you there, Nick. Good man. Someone's been listening to you. Good man. He picked my number two on the men's. So yeah, yeah. That's, I, I, Seth Rollins is a great pick for the men's, and and frankly, like I said, Becky Lynch winning the Rumble would be uh, honestly like that outcome like charlotte uh costing becky the women's championship over on smackdown becky entering late in the women's rumble and winning the whole thing would be such an enormous pop for becky lynch like that would be so freaking huge it would tear the roof off that damn building that it's it's a great concept i just don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on it i i if they do that i hope that becky beats the holy hell out of charlotte if she dqs her uh for interfering and oscar retains ultimately right but I just hope that there's a huge scuffle either backstage or something, and then maybe dragging Charlotte's gown on the floor, she walks down the ramp to the Rumble, just pissed off, and I, oh, I can see it. But does she hire me, WWE? But does, <laughs> <laughs> calm down. I there. know how to do this. Calm down there, Russo. The question is: Does Becky Lynch beat up Charlotte with Ken, or does she grab her friend full? You know, full ding chair. Uh, okay. Uh, so here, no, I agree. I think that they did a great job of making this uh, hard to pick. The like, both of us picked wildly different on the Rumbles this year. Like, it, it's very unclear what their path is to WrestleMania. Whether we're seeing Braun versus Brock, Seth versus Drew McIntyre, how we're getting there. 
I don't, however, see a SmackDown Live person winning this either. I agree with Kenny on this. I think that yeah. um, I think it's definitely going to be Raw. I, I don't think Miz is. I think Miz is way too involved with the whole Shane McMahon angle and and the tag belts over there. I think that'd just be throwing too much. Uh, when they have so much else they have to do, I think that putting that much onto Miz would be way too much. Um, it, it would just be too too confusing. Too many, too many eggs in the omelet, if you will. Yeah. Um, and and there's, with that cast of characters, he's not winning that Rumble. No, no way. And not only that, but there's a much easier way to get him to face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. They already have a story built in. That story's already you know ready to go, whereas the Royal Rumble is just a way to have Seth Rollins jumpstart a feud with Brock Lesnar or whoever wins. Uh, jumpstart a feud with Brock Lesnar or you know Braun force Vince McMahon to give him that shot. He's like, well, you took away my shot. Now you have to give me a shot. Yeah. That's why I picked Braun. Yep. Next up, Dominic Jacques asks, with what we saw this week and the, quote, shakeup, uh, <laughs> is there a possibility to see uh, Io Shirai and Kyrie Singh enter the elimination chamber for the tag team belts? Uh, someone listens to me. Oh. Hey, I, yes. <laughs> In a word, yes, I fully think it's possible. I think that's actually a great call. And I, I, I fully, I think that's, that's what they might do given the amount of time between now and then the fact that we've just saw you Shirai and Kyrie saying, join up as a tag team there. I mean, they don't need to be in NXT. They're already no. main roster ready. They're just, I think they're, they're wasting their time down there. Get them yeah. on the main roster as soon as possible. You don't have a whole lot of tag teams on the, on the main roster. And unless you want to include women's tag teams from NXT and have there be some sort of cross-brand thing, they're going to bring them up. And I think that there's not enough face women teams right now. You basically just have Bailey and Sasha. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Everyone else is going to be a, a heel team. You know, Mandy and uh, Sonya is a heel team. The Iconics are a heel team. Riot Squad. Need, Riot Squad's a heel team. You need another face team? Boom, there you go. A couple of cute Japanese chicks who can kick yep. your ass. And last but certainly not least, Will James asks, do you think we will just see the, quote, coming soon people in the Rumble from NXT, or do we see additional NXT appearances for guys outside of TakeOver like Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole? Adam Cole has been in Royal Rumble before. I he wouldn't has. put it past him. He has. Good showing, too. Uh, Velveteen Dream, though. <sighs> While I would love to see it, uh, I don't think he's going to be there because I think he's he might be the next one after Ciampa and Gargano. I think he might be the next champ. Yeah. We've just got to get past the Aleister Black, Ciampa, and Gargano. Listen, let it run as long as it can, But and, and dude's 23 years old. He ain't going anywhere anytime soon. He needs a championship. I... I I, I think he's going to be in NXT for a while. And like, great, well, like everybody else, I'm terrified of him coming up to the main roster. I'm yep. terrified of what they would do with that guy. Yep. You know, uh, so I, I, I agree. Yeah, I think, I think we'll probably see some surprises. Probably NXT guys, maybe NXT UK. But uh, like we may see Tony Storm over in the women's, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. That'd be great. Tyler uh, Bate, you know, bring Tyler him over. Bate. Or, or Rhea, Rip, Rhea yeah. Ripley actually might be more likely. Oh. Rhea Even Ripley better. might be more likely on the uh, the women's side because uh, uh, Tony's now the champ. I don't know if they'll have a champ go into the Rumble and get For, thrown over the top. To what end, ultimately, right? Yeah, exactly. So I see people that are a little bit more obscure uh, entering the Rumble from NXT and NXT UK and, and you know possibly some of those those kinds of things. 
Um, there's always the legacy stars. Like you'll have, you might have a, like a legacy star or two. Uh, I know Tatanka has been training up. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I <laughs> we'll get you sidetracked there for too much. Uh, uh, I'm going to say Adam Cole, yes. Velveteen Dream, no. Yeah, so. agreed. Thank you guys for your questions. Really appreciate it. If you'd like to get in on the action every single week, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that $5 or higher tier uh, of rewards, and you can submit questions. We put up a new post every single week for each episode that you can ask your questions in, and we will ask them that day on the show. Please be sure to also come over and join the Busted Wide Open discussion group and join us there for the group chats on both TakeOver and uh, Royal Rumble on face- this weekend. On Facebook, yes. Yes, but we're not done yet. We've got to do some other news in our lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, I got this this week. No problem. Hey, remember Jack Swagger? Uh, real name Jake Hager. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's now working for Lucha Underground, but he's also getting into MMA. He's going the CM Punk route. He's going to have his debut this Saturday night in Bellator. He apparently asked Vince McMahon for advice. Vince McMahon allegedly told him, don't lose. That's good advice. That that doesn't seem to work well for people who uh, go into MMA from wrestling. Oh, Losing, that's not uh, not good. So we will oh, we will I will report next week on what happens to to poor Jackie Swagger when he goes to MMA. Uh, that being I mean that being said, the dude's a big boy. I'd I'd be scared to face him. Oh, he's going to be in the heavyweight division. He's not going to be in the little <laughs> you think CM Punk you guys. Think? You, know? you think he's a heavyweight? Good God, uh, Aiden English. You may have noticed has been off TV for a while, unless you watched Two Hundred Five Live this week. And if you did, you may have noticed a certain English's dulcet tones coming over the microphones. That's because he's going to be commentating on 205 Live, looks like until WrestleMania. He might, he might be heading into a commentary position going forward. He's, a, I mean, having watched some of his YouTube stuff, he's a very, very well-spoken guy. And considering that his in-ring gimmicks really weren't going anywhere, might be the best option for him for a long-term career at WWE. So... I could not be more happy for him. I think this is actually the perfect kind of role. I think he's great in the ring. I love his dynamic, but I, I just, I, this could be a game changer for him. Agreed. It, and, and it gets very, very high praise from Michael Cole, which doesn't happen very often. I believe that Aiden English will make a fantastic commentator. He was great this week on 205 Live, so I, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Chris Saban, as we said last week, was injured at a Ring of Honor taping. Uh, He just found out this week how bad it is. It is as bad as it gets. Full ACL tear out. 8 to 12 months. And he's had ACL problems before. This is not the first time. He says he'll he'll be back, but I don't know how many more times he can do this, man. Poor poor guy cannot catch a break. It doesn't get easier. (laughs) Uh, In WWE Performance Center news, we got some people heading over that direction. Rachel Ellering is finally reporting to the Performance Center in February. Nice. About time. Uh, also coming over from Impact, Sanjay Dutt and Abyss apparently are heading over to WWE. Finally, after years, Abyss especially, years and years, entire career pretty much with Impact. Uh, it sounds like the two of them are mostly going to be in a backstage role, either as trainers or as production or something like that. But still, will be nice to have them. They're both apparently pretty, pretty good guys and good heads for the business. So the more talent they have backstage in WWE, the better NXT and the people that it produces will be. Uh, and finally, Maria Kanellis. We reported last week that she was one of the people that had reportedly asked for her release or said was said, had had uh, 
said to WWE that she wasn't happy. She has denied that entirely and said that it is all fabrication and that she had never done anything like that. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Maria Canales. Work, 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 work. Uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, that's, uh, that's probably the smartest thing to say if you're trying to not get in trouble with the WWE. But at the same right. time, maybe she's telling the truth. Well, hey, guys, this weekend is TakeOver and Royal Rumble and New Japan New Beginnings, so definitely be sure to get into our Facebook discussion group called the Busted Wide Open Discussion Group. Imagine that. Uh, but before Saturday, so that you can join us in the live chat where we'll be watching the entire show both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we've had two different chats going for them, but you got to be in the Facebook group to join us. So Busted Wide Open Discussion Group on Facebook. Come find us, send us a join request, and we will get you right in. Woo! We are definitely going to have our recap episode next week as well, uh, most likely on Monday, unless something crazy happens. We will be here with all of the news of the events and the outcomes of the Royal Rumble and TakeOver Phoenix events. Be sure to be on the lookout for that special recap episode. And, of course, we'll be back on Thursday with our regular weekly show, as we head down the road over the fast lane towards the roadblock to wrestle, I'm still funny to me. That's why I keep doing it. It's hilarious. Well, at least it's funny to somebody. <laughs> but guys, that's our show this week. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at BWO Podcast, YouTube at YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. And again, if you want to support our show, we absolutely love our patrons. Thank you very much for all of your support. Uh, you can head us up at patreon.com slash BWO for all kinds of good stuff there. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But by God! Will somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.